episode number 201 for November 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is for Ultimate Spider-Man number 20. And this one, Miles goes up a new Venom, and the cover looks awesome. The cover price is $3.99, and Mail Order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. We're going to start tackling Spider News. Got a lot this month. Well, the biggest is Amazing Spider-Man is ending at issue 700, and we're replacing it with Superior Spider-Man. Uh, evidently, Dan Slott is still going to write it, Ryan Stegman, and um, who else is going to be on the art? The art? Ramos. Mr. Ramos is going to be on there also. And uh, Kevin Coley. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of the blue on Spider-Man is going to be replaced with black on the suit. He's going to have uh, a talon on his big toe and hands. Uh, he's got a little bit of changes to the belt and the eyes, and he evidently is not very friendly. However, he's superior. Uh, Chris, you got this one. What do you think? Amazing ending. Well, superior beginning. Well, you know what I want to do? I want to just go down through all the facts that have been dumped on us now, and then we can sort of work on piecing to them together into what we think about them and what they mean. Because, I, you know, there's a whole lot of clues that have been dropped in various interviews, and I just want to go down the list, and then we can all take turns saying, you know, whether this is something we're looking forward to, and then, um, you know, what our theories are. Does that sound all right? Yeah, sure. All right. Hit it. So these are just the facts. So, like, according first, according to Dan Slott, whatever's going to happen is, quote, drastic, and it's big, and it's exciting, and it's never been done before. Um Regarding the new Spider-Man's identity, I believe I can attribute this quote to Arun Singh, who's Marvel's director of communications, and he said at the New York Comic Con that it ain't Peter Parker. Um, Slot, who was, I guess, standing next to him on the panel, said that doesn't mean Peter is dead or retired. He could still be in the book. Um, And the announcement of the new Alpha series includes the um, statement that uh, Alpha will be checking in with Peter at Horizon Labs, so apparently Peter will, in fact, still be alive and working at Horizon. Also, one of the panelists at the NYCC um, said that the new Spider-Man has a serious Spider-Man pedigree, so we can assume that he's someone who's been around for a while. Um, in late October, Dan Slott sent a public tweet to the artist Ryan Stegman, which says, and I quote, think we need a patch on page 19, there's a thing Miguel can do with his eyes. I'll send you ref. DM me back when you get this. And that tweet was later removed. And so when, when he says Miguel, it, it's likely that he means Miguel O'Hara, the Spider-Man 2099. So either that was uh, Dan Slott letting something slip as to the new identity of the Spider-Man. I personally don't think so. Um, or it's some kind of uh, you know trick meant to mislead people. And that's what I personally think is the truth. Um, the new Spider-Man will apparently have a different personality from what we are used to. According to Dan Slott, this is a darker Spider-Man. He told USA Today, the one thing that does not go with this Spider-Man is the term friendly neighborhood. No, that's gone. Um, he Also, he's not going to do things the old Spider-Man way. At the New York Comic Con, Slot said that this comic is not grim and gritty, but rather dark and weird. Uh, the new Spider-Man will have an altered costume. According to Stegman, these alterations tie into new abilities. Uh, for one, he is now he now has claws at the end of his fingers and coming out the bottom of his big toes. If you look closely at the cover for Superior Spider-Man number one, it appears to show that this is Spider-Man. Spider-Man climbs walls by like digging his claws into the walls. Uh, The costume also has a different belt, thicker eye lenses, an angrier-looking brow, a more aggressive spider symbol on his back, tabby boots, and uh, what the concept sketch that we've seen refers to as an alien nose formed by the web pattern on his face. Uh, The first story arc will be titled Hero or Menace. According to Stegman, Spider-Man will go up against a new Sinister Six with at least one new member. 
Regarding Mary Jane, Slot apparently said something to the effect that Spider-Man and Mary Jane are getting back together, but Spider-Man isn't Peter. However, Slot has mentioned on his Twitter that his precise words haven't been quoted properly. Uh, the, and related to that, the cover to Superior Spider-Man number two shows Spider-Man with his mask peeled halfway up, kissing Mary Jane, and Mary Jane sort of has a shocked expression on her face. So, you know, obviously I'm reading off of something I wrote down. I've just been gathering stuff uh, from various sources to sort of give us an idea of what all the clues to what might be going on are. Um, so I'll open it up to the panel now. Um, so what it, I'll go last and tell, explain my theory after I've heard yours and what I think of this. Um, so, you know... I'll well, the, 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 the one argument is... is is the Superior Spider-Man going to be um, 2099? Does anybody think that's going to happen? Huh, I know. I'm, I'm no. going to go with that. What? You're going with that? I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Um, basically, three things. One, uh, it's it's been a guess of mine since this whole thing was announced because it fits with the sort of darker attitude, the goggles over his eyes, the uh, the little claws coming out of his fingers... That fits. Two, I I really do believe that Slot might accidentally let that slip on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and frankly, he you know people are saying, why would he do that? Well, maybe he thought he was sending a direct message instead of an, just a regular tweet. It's certainly possible. And then it got deleted. And third, I've been thinking about Spider-Man 2099 for a long time on Dan Slot's run on Amazing Spider-Man. Because I cannot figure out why the character Tiberius Stone has a name so similar to another scientist oh. named Tyler Stone from Spider-Man 2099. So I've oh. kind of always wondered if there is something there, and the fact that we're getting suggestions of a possible Spider-Man 2099 now makes me say, well, there was a seed. Hmm. That's not a bad theory. What What was the main... Alchemax? Is that what 2099's... Alchemax, I think. Was? What if they have ties into um, Horizon Labs? Could be. Um, and yeah, Tyler Stone was uh, a major character in Spider-Man 2099 from the beginning. Um, and we've had even more of Tiberius Stone lately in The Amazing Spider-Man than we have had. So, it's got to be something. <clears throat> you know what? Well, like, that's actually a really good argument, because other than the fact that it just seems too strange that Slot would make much a huge mistake about his own story to let that go. Um, uh, you know, one of my, my, my reason for not thinking it's 2099 is it would just seem like it was coming out of nowhere. Like, it does not seem where this story is leading. Like, we know the last story arc of Amazing is going to have something to do with Doc Ock, and why would Miguel O'Hara come back from the future in the context of that story? But the fact that there is a seed, you know, does mean that they could say that it has been planned out. So I I think that's a pretty good theory. I'm not... Well, Chris, your theory is it's a, mo a mind slot between Doc Ock and Spidey? Is that what you say? I actually posted a lot of this on the board since um, our last podcast, and I can repeat some of the new reasons why I think that's true here. Basically, uh, you know, the last time we recorded a podcast, I put my, forth my theory that there would be a Freaky Friday-type mind switch between Peter and Doc Ock, and that was before all this information came out. And the reason I said it was that it was a logical ending to the current story that's being told. Uh, we know Amazing Spider-Man is ending, so there needs to be an ending shocking enough to warrant that. And there needs to be a resolution to Doc Ock's death story. And so this kills two birds with one stone. And now that all this superior Spider-Man information has come out, it all seems to fit with my theory quite well. The one thing that I haven't figured out how to fit into my theory are the claws, because if Doc Ock is in Spider-Man's body, wouldn't he just be able to use spider powers and not need claws for climbing? But that one thing um, aside, I, I have a big long list of things that we uh, um, have learned that I think this my theory explains. Can, can you indulge me for like another minute to go through them? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It explains the title superior. That's a word Doc Ock uses to describe himself. It explains why Peter is still alive, but why the new Spider-Man is not him. His body is still alive, but he's actually Doc Ock. 
Uh, it explains why Mary Jane would date a Spider-Man that is not Peter. She thinks it's Peter, but it is Otto. Um, this also explains the cover showing him kissing her and her looking surprised. I think she's surprised by how aggressive the kiss is and that this is Doc Ock enjoying Peter's life. Uh, it explains the darker attitude of the new Spider-Man. It explains the thicker eye lenses because goggles are Doc Ock's trademark. It explains why the new Sinister Six has at least one new member and why that detail was emphasized in the USA Today article, and that would be that Doc Ock can't be on the team when he's Spider-Man. Uh, in the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man, getting to the new stuff, Madam Web is ranting about a flash of gold, and that scene then cuts to a gold octobot crawling around. And so whatever tragic event is coming has something to do with an octobot. So I believe that the function of that gold octobot is to implant Doc Ock's consciousness in Peter's body. And um, hmm. furthermore, Dan Slott has twittered that retailers have not ordered enough issues of ASM 698 and apparently that is the issue where something big happens and that issue has oh, we just there. lost you a little bit Chris he bleeds out Dan's like got to him <laughs> there you are you're back 698 where like the the big event happens has a right. and uh, issue following that <laughs> 699 and it has a showing Doc Ock's arms Wrapped around, and I can. I'll just. Say it. Chris, you're going in and out a little bit. I'm back. Yeah, there you are. I can hear you now. Okay, well, check out that cover. That's six six ninety eight. Yeah. That that's the cover to six ninety nine. So what I think is going to happen will happen in six nine in ninety eight, and then the the issue of this new status quo would be six ninety nine, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the arms are wrapped around Spider Man, but he isn't struggling. And they aren't trying to crush him, and they aren't constricting him. So it looks like they're actually supporting Spider-Man, and his fingers are relaxedly pointing forward, and the clamps at the ends of the octopus arms are pointing in the same direction, like Spider-Man is controlling them. And so I think that's our first look at Doc Ock and Spider-Man's body. Also, uh, Steve Wacker released an image on his Twitter teasing future stories with uh, artwork, and... Um, one of them, one of the pictures in that teaser shows Spider-Man talking to Uncle Ben, or shows Peter talking to Uncle Ben, rather. And so why, if he's still alive, would he still be talking to Uncle Ben? Well, my explanation would be his soul has actually died with the body of Doc Ock, and he is meeting Uncle Ben in the afterlife. And, of course, that would be a temporary death. Peter's not going to be dead forever. Right. He's died before. He'll get better. So... Well, if <laughs> I, I would answer that one specific thing with um, almost every anniversary issue, uh, uh, the really big ones would show Peter Parker talking to Uncle Ben in some way, whether it be you know a flashback or in his head. That doesn't necessarily mean he's dead or that Uncle Ben's alive. That that's true, and you know, like that's and that's why it's just one thing on a long list of points. But you know what, Kevin? You have actually persuaded me that there's a stronger chance of it being Miguel O'Hara than I thought there was because of the character Tiberius Stone teasing that. And so, you know, you've brought me absolutely confident to sort of wavering, but I can't... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your your theories have always been fairly sound. The only thing that stops me from ever having gone along with it is that I think Dr. Octopus and Peter Parker's body is just such an incredibly stupid story (laughs) <laughs> I do not want any part of it, so what is that I'm stop hoping it's not true. But why would Mary Jane, like, date Yellow Hera? I don't know. I cannot account for that one. I could account for the cover, you know, because, you know, hey, Miguel O'Hara, pretty redhead, kisser. I can account for that. The idea that they're getting, quote-unquote, together, that I can't really account for. I'll admit that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jump in and, and say that uh, there is a precedent for Dr. Octopus putting his consciousness inside technology. Um, during the awful, awful parts of the Clone Saga, dealing with the master programmer, um, supposedly it was Dr. Otto Octavius's consciousness embedded in virtual reality technology. So True. That's why, that's or why here's an alternate theory. Uh, which kind of blows apart some of my reasoning for, uh, like, the physical stuff. But what if the flash of gold and the gold octobot is like a, we'll call it a time bomb 
from oh, Doctor really? Octopus that somehow switches <laughs> Spider switches Peter Parker and Miguel O'Hara's consciousness, and Peter Parker is kind of dead by being in twenty ninety nine. How could happen? It's weird, and frankly, it has less point than what I've been saying before. But it could happen. <laughs> In, in the last month since we recorded that show where Chris said the theory and we all said, you're on drugs, every single piece of news that's come out has been like, oh my gosh, this fits in with Chris's theory. And I'd say, like, of nine out of ten things have been like, wow, this is making it make more and more sense. Until, like, there was one day during New York Comic Con where we all, like, sent each other a text every two seconds one afternoon until Brad said, all right, enough, talk on the message board. It. <laughs> There's just so much pointing towards the Doc Ock thing in my mind that, like, and and I, if this happens, I swear I will do this. I'll post a picture on the message board. I will wear a shirt that says Chris was right. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'll make it a cafe press or something. Funny. We haven't heard from Jr. Jr. What do you think of all the theories and amazing ending and all that mess? Well, I'm not too keen on amazing ending because uh, I hate publicity stunts like this. But I'm pretty <laughs> com- I'm pretty confident that it probably after about 12 issues of Superior Spider-Man will wind up being at 713 of Amazing again or, or something like that. But uh, I, I I have to confess I never considered the Miguel thing. Well, first of all, I think st- uh, I, I wouldn't put it beyond slot to dribble out misinformation you know wouldn't put it beyond him in the slightest uh but never considered miguel until uh uh kev's actually uh well considered theory uh using tiberius yeah. stone that that did not occur to me and me and slot is such a continuity whore that that is exactly the kind of thing that and i don't say that in a negative way either i consider myself a continuity fanboy whore but slot is uh, that that is the exact sort of thing that that i think he would do but but i I still have to go with Chris's theory. I, I thinking that it's going to be Doc Ock in uh, in Peter's body. I, it just because the whole idea, the whole theme, this hundred issues is Doc Ock's desiccated body, you know. So and him wanting to get, you know, either going to die or wanting to get out of it in some way. And and I just, you know, t- I mean, to me, if 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 Doc Ock was whole, a whole being, you know, that wouldn't cross my mind. But since you know we've been doing this, you know, this whole thing has been, you know, how much he's dying and his body's dying. I, I think that that's got to be it, that he, that he switches yeah. switches bodies with Peter Parker. So I'll, I'll Don, still go we with haven't that heard one. From you. Don, we haven't heard from you either. What's your two cents? Don? Donovan. Paging Donovan. His body has been switched with, uh, <laughs> Miguel, with, with Miguel O'Hara. Oh, man. Donovan 2099. Uh, you're talking. You're on mute. You're on mute, sir. Going once. He's Zach Joyner, apparently. And, uh, Well, he's not bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's upset that Amazing is ending? JR and I are. I mean, I I, 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 I'm upset that it is a publicity stunt. But, you know, 701 doesn't sell as good as Superior 1, allegedly. Hello. You know? Oh, there you are. Sorry, my microphone was off. That's why. I was, I was yelling. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. I just want to get you two t- cents. What do you think about the leaked slot tweet, which sounds awkward? Uh, well, I, Amazing ending and all that Well, stuff. I said before that I, you know, we're taking this very seriously. It's, it's interesting. Um, I think that because of uh, Chris's deliberation and what Kevin had said about uh, the, 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 the clues to leading to 2099, because I forgot about the whole stone thing, um, I think there's enough. Obviously, Doc Talk has to be involved. There's enough evidence that to say who can, who's to say that Doc Ock somehow doesn't bring Miguel O'Hara to the present. Like who's who's to say that like the Superior Spider-Man is Miguel, but it's through Doc Ock's machinations? Because the two theories sound there, there's really good evidence. It's, it's, we're not guessing. We're using empirical evidence from from what's been released. So like I can't really dispute anything. So who's to say that they're not, they're not uh, connected? Here's a question regarding that theory. Why would Peter Parker quit being Spider-Man to let Miguel do it? No idea. He would never. Well, it could have to do with powers. I mean, Dan Slott's been screwing with Spider-Man's powers this whole time, and I feel like he said something else about Spider-Man's powers in number seven hundred. Though I could be wrong about that. But the fact that he has been screwing with his powers, maybe Peter Parker's going to lose them because of Doc Ock in number seven hundred. Then Peter well, Parker retires. Miguel's here. 
Right. He's got the kung fu. Or well, if it is a darker, grittier Spider-Man that's saying, I'm the superior Spider-Man, maybe if Doc Ock brings him from the future through his own machinations, maybe they actually do battle and Miguel wins. What would be a... What, which pitch would bring in more new readers, out of curiosity? Peter Parker is replaced from a guy from the future that many mainstream readers haven't heard of from a series that was canceled over ten years I ago. I disagree with that. I disagree with that entirely because Spider-Man 2099 has been made popular with new people through the last two video games. It has, but if like if you're going to try and pitch something to a new reader, and Marvel now, and Dan Slott saying this whole thing about how he's going to have to hide, I think the whole... They switch bodies. Peter, as Doc Ock, seemingly dies, and it's basically like the series is Doctor Octopus as Peter Parker. That's something that I think would get a lot of people curious to read, whether it's a bad story or not. It's something that people be like, "Oh, I gotta check this out." And I don't see Marvel being confident enough with Miguel O'Hara to have him headline a series, especially if you're canceling Amazing. Now, okay, they'll have him headline a spinoff series, but not the main Spider-Man series. No, also, it's not like it's not like also, he's headlining it as if the title is Spider-Man 2099. The title is still the flagship Spider-Man book. It's not like it's called Miguel O'Hara. I mean, Doc and, Ock has never exactly supported a series either. But as I'm saying, he's the character has become popular with a lot of people through these video games. And let's not forget that the first of those two was written by Dan Slott. That's a good point. It was. All right. And, Oh, Any oh. other? Will, will you talk this one out? You think, gang? You want to move on? Yeah, because otherwise we'll spend an hour. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, one other bit. One other bit yeah. of news that came out was uh, Alpha, who we all love, love, is going to be getting a mini series out of it. And uh, Zach, take this one, buddy. <laughs> all right. So, new mini series will begin in February, and to quote the new public relations arm of Disney Marvel. A.K.A. USA Today. Debuting in February, the five-issue Marvel Comics miniseries Alpha by writer Joshua Hale Falikoff and artist Nuno Pilati stars the young teenage boy who was created by writer Dan Slott for for Amazing Spider-Man 692, which celebrated Spidey's 50th anniversary and ended up having a quick rise and fall as a New York City superhero. He's moving to Pittsburgh. He is... um, He's, which, which, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh, because, because Steve Wacker, and it was in this USA Today article, has been trying to move geographically the characters around away from New York City, uh, such as Flash Thompson, I was to believe is in Philadelphia, Scarlet Spider is in Houston, Texas, uh, just, you know, down the road about 2,000, or 500 miles just for me. And um, one of the best quotes to me, was this. This is from the USA Today article as well. The youngster got a huge response in the form from letters from fans who couldn't stand how annoying he was and wanted him out of the book. No, really? That's the kind of reaction we were hoping for, Steve Wacker says. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So you wasted Spider-Man's 50th anniversary on a character that you knew people would hate. This is precisely my point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have my note here. I said, in listening to back episodes of Clone Saga Chronicles, I remember saying that Craven the Hunter was a resurrection that no one demanded. I feel very similarly about this miniseries. But in this same USA Today article, it does, as as Chris alluded to and, and and told us just now. It spoils the fact that Peter Parker is A, alive, and B, he's working at Horizon Labs. So, yeah. I, it, they spoil this in a USA Today article, not even about the upcoming Superior Spider-Man. No, they do it in uh, a different article about a miniseries that no one's demanded. And I think they, this team did um, one of the backups in 692. I'll have to look. That name Joshua Hale. Maybe it's me because I'm not a publisher, but I don't get why. If everybody hates the character, why do they think they could sell three issues to him? Do you see the sales for that issue? Yeah, they were huge. Well, for the 50th anniversary issue of Amazing, we didn't buy it for Alpha. Well, yeah, I mean, but Marvel doesn't know. Speak for yourself, man. Alpha. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's. 
I just you think the bean counter? Oh, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I just think it's very telling that the editor has to go out of his way to say that we got so much negative publicity or reaction, excuse me, from this book that hey, let's make a mini series about it because there's not other fan favorite books that people have been clamoring for for the last five to ten years. And I'm not going to sp- say specifics, but I mean everybody's character is somebody's favorite, right? Except for Alpha. Except. <laughs> 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 you know, there there may be some, you know... No, there's not. It's not there really isn't. I mean, he was written so we'd hate him. Right! I mean, is there a character in, in the history of comics that we all hate, but we we show up and give our money to see? Damian Wayne. I was... <laughs> oh, okay, hating Damian Wayne was so four years ago. I, I know, I, I just... That joke is over. Here's a good example, though. Here's a good example. Uh, Go ahead. People hated when Jean-Paul Valley was Batman, which DC was counting on because they wanted to bring Bruce Wayne back and to make a point. But he then had his own spin-off series called Azrael, and which enjoyed like ten-year run. So maybe they want to like establish him and then actually develop him throughout his comic series. But it would be easier to develop him if he had some goodwill, which you would put in your freaking Spider-Man story, but you didn't. Man, I'm actually going to check this out because. Um, I said on the last podcast that Alpha had the potential to be a really, really interesting character because there's a lot of interesting things driving him and the situations that he's in. It could be a character that you could get behind, but what I said is that the way that Dan Slott wrote him, it just uh, it was poorly executed. So with a different writer writing him, and with maybe getting inside of Alpha's head instead of Peter's head, this character might be able to reach his potential. Yeah, I'm actually going to pick this miniseries up. Um, a, it's, it is written by Joshua Hilfiakov, who is writing I, Vampire at DC, which is one of my favorite titles going right now, so if anybody can do something with it, it's going to be him. That might not be enough to make me pick it up to begin with, but I'm also going to pick it up so I can review it for you fine people on the podcast for the Spider-Man satellites. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you, look, there was such a blank slate with Alpha that was left. I mean, we got the bare bones minimum. And maybe this is trying to make this kind of the, the comeback story where he gets these redeeming values in this miniseries and so they can launch it into a, into possibly an ongoing. I don't know, but oh, I'm not excited for this one at all. No. JR, are you picking it up? Absolutely, absolutely not. I have no, <laughs> absolutely no interest in it. Um, I kind of figured yeah. this whole thing was, I, I mean, th- I think they already had Alpha as a as a character they were trying to spin off because of the promotion they had, you know, beforehand. You know, who is Alpha? Yeah. So I thought, oh, boy, here we are. We're going to try to spin off yet another character. Uh, and But then, but you know, so it was already in the works. But the way they wrote, I don't think the, they anticipated Slot, the way Slot wrote him that he would just be so detestable. Now they're saying, well, fooled you. That was our plan all along. <laughs> so yeah. we know you hate him. Now let's try to sell you him again. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder if this was not in the works before 692 came out. Yeah. Don, you picking it up? Hell no. Uh, Zach, you picking it up? <laughs> no. Chris, you picking it up? No. Josh, you're picking it up, you said. Yeah, I'm going to give it a chance. Uh, it, gets, it gets one picking. chance, though. Josh is a masochist. And, and <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, and I pick up a lot of shit. <laughs> okay, Marvel memo. If Brad Douglas does not pick up this book, you failed. <laughs> I don't know, man. Man. Uh, let's move on to other spider news. Zach, anything else you had on that? Oh, uh, that's it. Let's move. Okay, cool. Uh, let's do movie news. We've had a lot of movie news come out this month. Uh, let's see. We've got a Mary, we've got a Mary Jane cast, and we have possibly an Electro cast. Uh, <laughs> that sounds bad. Uh, let's see. Shailene, how do you say her name? Shailene? Yes. Shailene Woodley, uh, has been cast as Mary Jane in Amazing Spider-Man 2. She's been in a movie, The Descendants. And she was also on the ABC Family Show, The Secret Life of the American Teenager. And if you go to the front page, or actually go to the archives of the Crawl Space, it's a little interesting thing I, I, I found. I, have, I don't see any other sites that, that uh, put this up. She won the best breakthrough performance for a role in The Descendants at the MTV Movie Awards. And guess who gave her the award? Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. So you get to see really? what it looks like when... Uh, 
Andrew Garfield gives the new Mary Jane a hug. So, uh, also, uh, it's been uh, rumored the last couple of days that Jamie Fox will be playing Electro. He put out a tweet, I think, about he went as Electro for Halloween. So, Kevin, what do you think of the two casting bit of news? What do you think? Well, uh, interesting stuff coming down. Um, I'm obviously not familiar with Shailene Woodley, or however you pronounce it, um, not being a Secret Life of the American Teenager viewer myself. I know it's a surprise to you guys. But uh, she's got a good look for the part. She's she's 20 years old, so she's got the right age. I think she's younger than the other two, but... That should be interesting. Um, but really, I don't know. There's no way to really know until we know what, what they're going with the character. Um, I mean, you could go original Mary Jane, ultimate Mary Jane, or kind of different characters. Um, as for Jamie Foxx's Electro, kind of out of left field for me. Um, Jamie Foxx is a great actor, and I think people that know me at all know I really don't care about the race thing. Well, you know which race the character is, but I, I would never have thought of Jamie Fox for Electro, and maybe part of that is because Electro doesn't have an overly well developed character. Um, but I, I would be interested to see how he would do the role. But again, that's going to be entirely dependent on how they write the role, uh, because they can go a lot of different ways with that. So I like that we're getting a good pedigree of actor in there. I mean, this this actress, even though I'm not familiar with her, yes, she won that award. Uh, the, the Descendants, I heard, was a very good film. Um, and Jamie Foxx, you know, I mean, movies like Collateral, Ray, uh, he's, he's just a fantastic actor. So uh, I hope we get more along those lines. I've heard rumors that they're, uh, they're working on casting uh, both Harry and Norman Osborn. So hopefully we keep along this sort of award-winning actor tack here. Um, yeah, I, I, I can already sadly hear the, um, Electro's not black comments coming out, which always makes me sad. Like, Michael Clark Duncan played the Kingpin, and he was the best choice to ever play the Kingpin, but you still had people saying, that's not what it looks like in the comics, man! So, I, I hate that those comments are coming, but we can expect them. Overall, I think it's interesting. I agree with your point about Max Dillon doesn't have that much of a backstory. Didn't he get electrocuted on a telephone line or an yeah. electric? Yeah, someone gave him powers for God's sake. I mean that—that's it. Yeah, I've I thought he was the Red like, Skull's son. Every time they try to tell any backstory <laughs> at all, it's always like uh, we're going to tell a little bit more of the story around him uh, getting hit by lightning on a power line while he was working. <laughs> but it's, who gives a rat? So oh, you yeah. know what? There was um, it was either a Spider-Man family or extra web of Spider-Man. It revealed that like he was a mutant all along. Like Mag- Ma- yeah, Magneto came to visit him, and he's like, "What? You think that lightning striking you on power lines gave you your powers? You idiot! It just awoke the power you." Because they tried to recruit him into the Brotherhood of Evil, and he oh, was like, "Yeah, no. what issue is that? that? I do not remember that at all." That was really, really stupid. I remember that. <laughs> what 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 series? I think it, it was, was the recent web with all those like gauntlet villain origins. Yeah. Oh my it was either web or family or like because of course web and family had like so many different incarnations in the last few years. Like it's Amazing yeah. Spider-Man Extra, or actually it's I'm, Amazing Spider-Man Family, or it's Spider-Man Family, or it's. Web I'm ninety nine percent sure it was that web of series where Fred Van Lente was writing like origin stories for all the villains involved with the gauntlet. <laughs> Yeah, here here's something I put in the article. the The actress that's going to be playing Mary Jane is only 20 years old, and she was not born when Amazing or Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man Number One was released. <laughs> so that makes me and Jr. and several others feel very old. And we're all older than that. <laughs> no, it doesn't make me feel old. It makes me feel glad that they've actually tried to cast a, a character a little bit more age appropriate. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I you know sure. e- even though twenty is still not seventeen, but it's you, sure you, as hell. Beats. You like her look? You like her look, Jr. Does she look like Mary Jane? Well, she she looks like a pretty girl, but you know, yeah. being as old as I am, I, I you know I have to couch that by saying I mean that in a paternal sort of way. You know, if, so. if you go strictly physical, I mentally in the back of my mind, I always thought. Because I, I think of Electro and Max Dillon as kind of a swarmy kind of guy, just an average. Guy, I always thought Steve Buscemi would make a good Electro. <laughs> See, like, I, you said this to me recently, and I, I replied, I always thought Steve Buscemi should be Carnage. Yeah. Yeah, he could be Carnage. Yeah, Carnage. Uh, huh. 
Brad, I'll jump in on this. I yeah. I think that if they do Jamie Foxx, they could just as easily do um, the ultimate uh, ultimate electro um, design. Where yeah, I mean because. Cause, so basically, he would just be voicing the character. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's uh, point. That's <laughs> point, but, but he can't be. He, he can't wear that big. I bet you they'll do the tattoo. What do you think oh, on the face? Because that costume looks stupid even today. I know, but yeah. it's classic. I mean, <laughs> they can't have a big yellow lightning bolt plastic thing on the dude's Jamie Foxx's head. <laughs> yeah, I kind of. I mean, that. that would be what, classic. But what looks going to look more stupid? The t- stupid tattoo or the stupid mask? At least the stupid mask. You know, Spider-Man can make jokes about. The, well, what, did he, stupid... what did he dress up as, as in Halloween? What, what did he look like? Do you know? He didn't tweet a picture or anything. He just he just wrote a tweet saying, uh, "When is Electro for Halloween? The costume fits well." He probably went into it for a costume co- fitting, if I had to guess. Well, not cost- costume. It's why would they waste his time? I mean, I, I exactly. I'm excited to see it. I, I'm, <laughs> uh, the I tattoo would... can be done on film, I would think. Ah, uh, but okay, it, it has yeah. to look better than it doesn't. Books, it looks like My books. question, also that I mentioned in the article when I posted the news, um, there was a pretty good theory that Michael Massey, who was the uh, character that appeared in the credit sequence of Amazing Spider-Man, was Electro because there was lightning when he appeared and there was lightning when he disappeared. So now that we know he's not Electro, the question arises once again: Who the hell was he? He I mean, was Electro. I mean, they're just recasting him. <laughs> It, I've heard I've heard Michael Massey is going to be in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know if that's just a rumor or not. But, I mean, it seems like if with the whole lightning thing, he might be a character that's working with Electro, which lends more credence to the Sinister Six. Maybe he could be Mysterio? See, I'm going to be honest. I actually never really fully invested myself in the theory that the guy was Electro simply because there happened to be lightning in the scene. I just thought it was, yeah. it was a dramatic way to shoot the scene. I never really took it as like that obviously means he's a supervillain. So I well, don't think I mean, that like that's somehow, such a solid theory. Somehow he appeared and disappeared from that cell. Somehow, and there was lightning when it happened, and he walked into shadows. So it's either the shadow or the lightning. I don't know. Or he's quicksilver. Or maybe he's maybe he's a Mysterio illusion. But I think part of the reason for me was after I heard that thought, I actually thought Michael Massey was really good casting for Electro. Yeah, if you click, I know the listeners can't click on it, but uh, I just found a picture of someone photoshopped Jamie Foxx electrocuting the hell out of Spider-Man in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was when he played Wanda on uh, In Living. <laughs> oh my god, that is really bad. <laughs> that picture. face is. I might have, here, hold on. This, I will guarantee the listeners, this will be the podcast image for episode whatever. <laughs> this will be 201. be 201's image, okay? <laughs> Just so aren't out of it. This, <laughs> Wanda's saying on In Living Color. What was that? Oh, she, didn't she have a phrase? Oh, sure. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen well, that. Well, Dan Slott <laughs> just tweeted that it's, uh, it's going to be Miguel O'Hara. That that's really? who Jamie Foxx will be playing. No, I'm joking. I don't want the comic, not the movie. Oh my gosh! Any other thoughts on the casting game? What do y'all think? I think that uh, um, Life of the American Teenager Girl is uh, yeah. I think I'm sure she's a good actress. I'm not gonna say she's not a good actress because I, I saw that clip she on the Ridley. I do think that like not so much in age, but I'm not sure if she has enough gravitas personally to compete with Emma Stone. And I think that Mary yeah. Jane requires to, you know, at least go to toe-to-toe, if not put her head above Emma Stone. And Emma Stone's a great actress, and I think that, like, you really kind of have to, like, find somebody who can, like, match that sort of uh, vibrant personality. And I'm not sure if this, this woman has it. Uh, I know uh, Stella and I were actually recording, and then um, Dustin had mentioned that. Uh, she said, oh, what do you guys think about the casting? And that was the first time she heard about it, and she hated it because she said that that is not a good show. So, at least from her perspective, she would not make a good Mary Jane. But... I think that, like, I'm not so much on the physicality. I don't think she looks like Mary Jane, but I think that just from what I've seen of her in that clip, I'm not sure if she can compete to make a memorable Mary Jane. Because we need, I think we need Mary Jane more from the comics than we do a Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane, to be honest. Chris, we haven't heard from you. What do you think, buddy? Well, first of all, I don't really have any opinions on Mary Jane. Don't know the actress at all. Um, but I do just want to endorse the idea of Jamie Foxx playing Electro because <laughs> yep. I, I, you know, I've actually sound, seems really cool to 
me. He's a charismatic, lively actor, and we haven't had a lot of Spider-Man villains get that sort of portrayal. You know, they're either, like, sulking middle-aged people or slimy guys or, you know, this would be something very different. And I think that the character of Electro is enough of a blank slate already that pretty much anyone, as long as they're not fat, play them, regardless of <laughs> race or whatever, like, the philosophy for changing the race of a character in an adaptation is, if it doesn't matter to the character, it doesn't matter. So, like, if they were making, like, the Red Skull a black guy, then things would st- stop making sense. But this, elect- for Electro, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah. you know, that there's my two cents. I think it's a different argument changing Spider-Man's race as opposed to a. Like, if only George was on here, we could talk to him. <laughs> but I mean, don't you? Would you agree, Don? That's a different argument. Well, it, it matters more because you're, you're intending to care more about the character, and then like it gets in a weird area about you know, where, where can you relate to him if he's black or whatever. But I think with a villain or, or a superfluous character like uh, Alicia Masters on the on the Fantastic Four movies. I think it's not even really worth arguing because uh, did you really care about that character that much to begin with? I'm not saying you didn't like the character, but who's going to argue, you know, no, Electro has to be white because Steve Ditko colored him white. Like, does it, who cares? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Anything else, gang, before we move on? Uh, I was going to jump in. With Mary oh, Jane. okay. Uh, I, I liked Mary. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I like Mary Jane. I've watched a couple episodes of. Secret Life, just to see if she, you know, she has man card now. <laughs> there it is. Hey, I was doing it for research. Damn it. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was researching. Before what were you talking. researching? I was tr- I was researching to see if she had a d- dramatic chops. Now, granted, that show is written very horribly. And oh, I, okay. I really. I thought you meant like for for like a project or like for work or something. No, <laughs> it was his twenty year old redheads project. <laughs> you know, do on I do have a weakness for redheads, but um, who does? My point who does? Is, is I, I, his next research is blonde. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, is I don't know. Getting to Don's point, as I was going to dovetail, I don't know if she's going to be in the movie that much. I wonder if she's going to be in the movie. You know, be introduced early on, kind of become friends with the two of them. You know, there's a conflict between the two of them. They hook up. You know, I could see this character arc going down this path, and then Gwen and Peter getting back together at the end. Uh, so maybe she'll be in as a foil. I, I don't. I don't know. All right, moving on to another topic. Where uh, Don, you've got this one. It's about a cosplayer that was harassed at the New York Comic Con. Tell me about this one, buddy. Okay, I'm going to give lift the facts, and then I'm going to give my thoughts real quick because we could get into it. All right. Um, th- th- this is a cosplayer slash fashion designer named Mandy Caruso, who uh, apparently likes to cosplay and apparently likes to go to conventions. She went to the New York Comic Con uh, whenever it was last held, and she was dressed as the black cat. She had the wigs, she had the costume and everything. She looked great. Yes, yeah, the picture's on, on uh, the front page. Just look at new, just yeah. find the news tag. And um, this has gotten a lot of like uh, hits on you know basic comic news sites and other websites where she experienced what she feels was harassment because it's one thing to look good in a costume, you know, look like while busty and luscious and all that. But she apparently, yeah, she uh, <laughs> proceeded to, she was interviewed by somebody who she said, they said were from some sort of Stanley fan club. Uh, the link to her Tumblr where she describes all this is in a news article. And uh, a lot of the, pretty much the all the entirety of the interview was basically her being asked these questions like, you know, what's your cup size and please spank my ass and like, you know, tell everybody your cup size. And she, Lord. she was, she was humiliated and just like, like stormed off. And she's been like, she, she put this on a Tumblr and she's made a lot of headlines. Uh, I should say headlines. Like, you know, the Nerdbird has it, Daily Dot has it, um, uh, Daily Mail, a lot of, a lot of places. Now I had heard about this before. I put it up because I, I wasn't really fully aware of it, but I saw it on another website I frequent, uh, and um, in the message boards, I saw pr- pretty much because you know like like a large contingent of people who uh, know about this kind of Spider-Man related stuff are male, I would imagine, and uh, a lot of people were saying that like the reason why I put it up is that a lot of people were saying like well what do you expect if you're dressed like that you know you dress like a sexy character you're going to be t- ask these questions. And this kind of like <laughs> this this uh kind of 
pissed me off. Um, this is this is my thoughts. Uh, first off, it's not as though this character like you know designed or created the costume of, of Black Cat. So that's one. It's, it's not like you say, what do you expect dressing like that? This is a character from. She dressed as a combo character and went to a combo convention, and she looked mm-hmm. good in it. So, a lot of a lot of the argument, or I guess the the mindset, is that she should have expected this, and her she's not doesn't have a right to be angry because of the her, the harassment. And even if people are taking the taking the uh, stance that what the what the interviewers did wasn't appropriate, they're saying that you know she either invited such behavior or deserved such behavior based on her physical appearance. Now, this is the problem with a lot of this is and this is me personally speaking. So you guys can feel free to debate this, but this is a lot of problem I see with the sort of uh, I'm going to flat out say misogyny in the geek culture because I think a lot of people still have this mindset where if a woman and the like, geek-related thing is not either uh, uh, servicing like whatever your interests are, or you know, catering towards you. She's either a bitch, or she had it coming, or she's stupid, or she's angry. And a lot of people are saying that like she should have expected this because it's a geek convention, as though men are not in control of their own behavior. And there's just a lot of really shitty arguments going around. I don't, I think that the, what the guys did was deplorable because it was an interview. It wasn't like some people ran up and just talk to her or whatever. It was an interview full of a crowd of people where she was on a camera asked about her cup size repeatedly. None of the questions that she listed were about the convention, which she thought they were. None of them were about how she designed the costume. They were all about her physicality. And I think that the argument that she should have known it was coming is bold because that's that's like saying like you know that's, that's putting the impetus off of the men and putting it on her when all she did was go to a combo convention dressed as a combo character. And I there's there's a lot of stuff I can rattle off and that off the top of my head. But what else do you guys think? What do you what do you want to say about uh, this? I I just like to say real quick. Uh, I I totally agree with that last thing you said. And if guys don't understand that, imagine a guy goes to a comic book convention dressed in a skin tight Spider Man suit. Is he inviting people? Let's say women. Let's say gay men to grab his junk just because it's there. I think the answer is no. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it up. Can I? Can I uh, hit it? Hit it, Chris. I just, yeah, I'll just be brief about this because I really am disappointed with people who are saying that she had it coming or she was asking for it, and then they they back up when they're called out and they're saying they say like, no, I'm not saying those guys weren't jerks or whatever. I'm just saying that you know she shouldn't be surprised. And the the implication there seems to be that by complaining about it after the fact, she is being disingenuous. Or as like one of the articles that Don posted with the news story said, like it was unethical for her to act outraged by this because anybody would have known that if you go to a comic book convention dressed like that, people would treat you like that. But, you know, even by that standard, that argument is so stupid because this wasn't people complimenting her on her looks or even staring at her. It was people guessing her cup size in a crowd on camera, you know, surrounding her, and a guy repeatedly asking her to spank him. So, you know, there is no way that you could possibly dress in any context where you are in any way expecting that to happen. That is so far beyond the pale of civil behavior that it's just ridiculous to claim that anybody could ask for it. So, you know, that's that's my two cents response to that way of thinking. Anybody else? JR, we haven't heard from you. He's writing something, I think, right now. Yep. Oh, there you go. Um, um, well, I'll, well, I'll say oh, one no, more I'm thing. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I had just been muted. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I forget. I forget. I keep forgetting because I'm working with this different microphone. Um, I would have given you a different answer 30 years ago. My answer would have been very Neanderthalic. Uh, if you had asked me this question when I was 19, uh, but now having a, a college-age daughter, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a very different perspective. Uh, no one, no one brings on or deserves abuse uh, or you know to be made extremely uncomfortable. Or I mean, the whole idea, you know, having someone you know talk to you and, and, and uh, you know say, hey, "Will you spank me?" or whatever. There's there's no reason. Nothing brings on that behavior. Conversely, I still believe that, you know, she makes a comment in there about, you know, the guys who have their picture taken with her and then are leering. Now that, 
you you got to expect. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, again, it's 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 one of those things that uh you can't act surprised. You know, you can't act like you didn't expect it. You have the absolute right to be offended by it, you know, and it, and it did cross the line, but it still is a little disingenuous I think to imply you didn't expect it, but it's not a. It's if, uh, uh, if you it's a if you dress as a cosplayer and go to a comic book convention, you you're wanting uh, some attention, yeah. correct? I mean, that's that's male or female, right? But I believe in her blog post, she said like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nothing unexpected. Like that kind of behavior was something right. that you know she wasn't talking about. The thing that was you know rightly outraged and surprised by i'm surprised by it was you know the the stuff that verges more into public humiliation yeah i I mean (laughs) look she's wearing a costume that obviously accentuates the lung area as i'll quote ben riley from the lung area (laughs) from the uh uh unlimited issue of 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 of, of, uh, spider-man when ben riley and black cat go on but (laughs) um it doesn't mean there's there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. You can be a complete and utter jackass. These guys were jackasses. Let's, I think that's yeah. been made abundantly clear by Don. But does anybody disagree that they're jackasses? I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Nope. I hope so. I mean, people are afraid to disagree with that. <laughs> if any, I mean, I mean, like even the people that are like you know against the girl, are like now I'm not saying that the guys weren't jerks, but I think the debate is, isn't it that is it appropriate? To insult somebody like that? No. Who oh. who would argue that? People I mean, on our message board. What the debate? <laughs> what, the, what the debate is is that like they're not saying the guys were right, but they're saying that the woman was sort of being foolish and not expecting that kind of behavior. And the what my problem, what a lot of our problem with that is, is that a woman looking sexy, looking attractive, is automatically supposed to you know. Say okay now. Well, these guys are going to you know come at you, so you, sh- you should be prepared for that. Don't don't be all, don't be acting surprised or anything. Somebody compared it to somebody riding a, a very expensive. I think it was a BMW in the ghetto, which is a completely what? stupid oh, analogy. What? what? You're comparing the actions of uh, a fully grown adult, or at least somebody who's you know who reads comics, to that of you know po- impoverished, stricken you know poor people with with knives and guns. <laughs> Not only that, and frankly, okay, people that say she, you know, that she was inviting this, uh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry for not being able to find another way to say this, Brad, but go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> it, this is the same kind of mentality that says that woman was dressed slutty. How did she not expect to be raped? Exactly. There is no, yeah. there is no instance. I'm not saying this is the same as rape, but there is no instance in which a woman or a man can dress in a certain way. To give up their own control, there is no way that a woman can dress in a certain way that just says when a woman dresses sexy or when a man dresses sexy, it is because they want attention. you know you want to be looked at, and if you want to flirt with somebody, you want that positive response, but they 're not giving up their control of what comes at them, let's say. They're not saying it's okay to rape me. They don't give up that control because they're wearing a bikini. They don't go in there, and because their assets are accentuated, they give up their control to not be harassed. That is just utter bullshit, and that kind of thinking, that kind of misogyny, really makes me want to beat somebody's skull in. And there's a problem... There's a problem with the geek culture on some level, which really disturbs me, and I, I hate that these people uh, that have the same hobby I do perpetuate a really terrible stereotype about us. Because, I mean, it wasn't as extreme, but this reminds me of the same kind of behavior that a couple of years ago at a Comic-Con led to uh, Marjorie Liu, who writes you know, plenty of Marvel comics, Dark Wolverine, X-23, all that stuff, was on a uh, a panel with other writers, and a fan came up, to the mic for question asking and the first thing he said uh, was to Marjorie Liu uh, I'd like to thank you for being hot and that just shows that so many of these people have no fucking clue how to deal with women I don't know what the problem is I don't think it's comic books themselves that are the problem it seems like it's some of the people that they attract and it represents all of us and that pisses me off Hmm. go Josh 
Uh, well, I was, I was going to jump in right quick. This is the same type of mentality that you have if you were to go to a gentleman's club. But it goes back to the point of, Kevin, At the, the entire time you're at the gentleman's club, you're giving away your money. You're obviously leering at the assets being presented on stage. And they still have that control. But when it gets to public humiliation, somebody steps in. The fact that there was this group of this group enough of these guys that had gra- gathered around in a group that were participating in this stupidity, and not one of them stepped up to the plate and said, "Hey, this is kind of this is kind of this is wrong," uh, just really saddens me on a, on, a, on a male level. Donovan, what did she do when she started getting uh, those comments? Well, uh, she walk away. What she on do? her t- Tumblr, like it, they started saying, like you know, what's your name? She said, oh, "I'm Mandy from a. Uh, I'm also dressed as a black cat." And it says, "And the black cat is hot." And like they kind of, they don't really talk to her about anything relevant uh, other than her physicality. And you know, it's and uh, that th- th- what they did was talk about her. In a disrespectful manner, and I define that as you know her cup size stuff. That's not that shouldn't be pro- public information at a at a geek convention. You know, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. stuff. It's stuff to get a rise out of the male audience members to say, "Woo, yeah, yeah." Uh, I mean, I want to say I want to let Josh go so everybody can get their thoughts into this. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I don't want I don't want to make enemies and you know of people that we have on our website, but. I'm going to have to be honest, and if some of our posters hate me for it, that's their right. But after reading some of the comments, I am very disappointed with some of the people on our website and message board. Um, And I'm sorry to say that, but wow. I really thought that in the year 2012, you know, like, there's certain things that are a given. Like, things that are drilled into your head from, like, you know, when you're a little kid. Like, you know, racism is bad, you know, and, like, you don't steal from people. There are things that you know are right and wrong. And I really thought that in the year 2012, the whole she had it coming because she was wearing something was an outdated mentality. I truly and honestly thought that. I really thought that as a society, that was something that was assumed, something that we were past. And the only people that still believe that were, and I'm not calling posters on our website this, but the only people that still believe that were, you know, older people and rednecks and stuff like that. And I cannot, I cannot believe that we actually had to argue this. I, I, I really couldn't. It's, it, it's like, it's like trying to argue with people why racism is bad. And, now, and there is a difference, because some people were acting as if she, you know, like, wore an outfit and people were saying, hey, nice outfit, and staring at her. That's different than what happened. This isn't her wearing an outfit and people looking at her. This is her, and Chris articulated this really well on the, on the website. This yeah. was her being put in front of an audience, videotaped, and having the interviewer constantly ask her to make physical contact with him and asking her personal questions about her measurement. That is different than wearing a nice outfit and having a guy stare at you. This was, like, she was videotaped. She was put in front of an audience. She told them to stop. Now, that's if the transcript is to be believed, because all we have to go by is her paraphrasing it. We don't know exactly how things were phrased and what was said, and nobody's offered a counter story yet, so we have that to go by. The video's not even out yet. They're not going to release the video. Are you kidding me? Be- <laughs> Who wants to take credit for that? Well, if they, got, you know, if they had a certain amount of gravitas and be like, hey, here's the video. Uh, yeah, here here we are as the idiots. Here, here's, yeah. some, here's some jackassery. <laughs> um, if, if Josh, Josh, were you finished? Uh, just in closing, uh, from my point, this is 2012. I am shocked and appalled that we still have to argue, like, th- this point of, you know, she had it coming, and I'm very disappointed in a lot of people. Um, I'd like to real quick expand on just one more thing that I believe Don touched on at the beginning. Um, I also completely and utterly object to the idea that if a woman dresses a certain way, men are incapable of controlling themselves. Yep. The idea that she had it coming because she dressed that way, says that I, as a man, cannot do anything in the face of breasts. <laughs> uh, there was... When I was at New York Comic Con in 2010, um, it's a crowded floor, very crowded, like frickin' sardines, 
and there are cosplayers all over. So at one point, I found it a very nice moment when uh, a woman who was dressed as a black canary and complete fishnets and everything brushed past me. I was like, hey, that was nice. What I did not do <laughs> is reach out and grab her ass or her boobs as she walked by because I just couldn't control myself. <laughs> I, as a man, was able to see that, have it brush past me, say, hmm, that was nice, and then do nothing because I am not some weak guy with no not will. An That's not who we yeah. are. And it's offensive for us to be painted that way, especially when the people painting us that way are other men. Stop yeah, exactly. it. Be better than that. Oh, wow. Final closing point. It's really quick. It's really quick. Just, I think this is irrelevant. Uh, I was reading a, a, a gag manga, manga uh, last week, and in that manga, there's there's this you know because it's a Japanese manga, a schoolgirl who was dressed rather you know she had short skirt, she had she had really was really busty, and yet there's a guy who comes up and says, "Hey, tell me your measurements. You know, like like, like what color are your panties or whatever," and she punches him in the face. Now that's <laughs> fiction. That's that's humorous fiction. If we can't be better than you know humorous fiction, then what is that saying about ourselves? Come on, guys. You know, we're better than this. Okay, moving on to another topic. I love this one. JR, you've got, you're all written all over this one. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, 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 I'm very flattered that whenever you think of exhibitionists, <laughs> that you think of me. <laughs> Evidently, this kid at a football game decided it would be funny to pull a 1970s streak right across the football field only bit of clothing he wore was a Spider-Man mask. And uh, he ran across the football field. Some cops ran after him. He hopped one fence. And then the cop went over the other fence. And then the Spider-Man jumped another fence <laughs> and had a getaway car. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> this Spider-Man streaker has been on CNN. So, JR, did you do any streaking back in the 70s that you can relate to this? Uh. <laughs> No, unfortunately, the last time the last time I streaked was uh, probably when I was about six or seven years old and uh, learning to walk for the first time and didn't want my diaper back on. I think that's the last six time I streaked. Seven years old, I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it was. Hey, has this guy been? Just out of curiosity, has he been identified and apprehended yet, or no? Yes. If you listen to the CNN story, he was arrested and charged with exposing his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he ought to he ought to get some time off for uh, for as amusing and entertaining as he was. Because I remember when I first saw this subject, you know, I was going to I was going to uh, uh, arrogantly dismiss it. You know, as you know, why should we indulge these morons? Blah 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 blah. You know, and then I watched it, and then like I, after after watching him hop the first fence and going, ooh, that was close. Then he hops, then he hops a second a chain link fence. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it's like I'm just thinking, oh, that was close too. And and then yeah, the, the getaway car was just too much. Oh, uh, that, that was just that was. I mean, you know, if you're going to do something like that, do it with style. And I have to they say, did. he did it with style. They didn't release the kid's name because he's a minor. However, they he's created a Facebook streaking Spider-Man. <laughs> Facebook page, and uh, which is awesome. So, any let's open it up to the panel. Epic uh, streaking, huh? Well, Dang. well. See, I had this really bad habit of when I got intoxicated. Oh no! Are you <laughs> a streaking story? I, I used to do streaking a lot. Oh, a lot. Can we not have this image, please? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A lot. It, okay. Elaborate a lot. Uh, More than about five, five times. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Here's the thing, though. It was always you're like. Not, it was always. Wait, was that four or five times a week or, like, total? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 total. Oh, uh, no. Uh, this <laughs> Okay, so uh, I, I would be dared to do it. And, uh, Zach, dare you not to streak? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Not <laughs> by girls. Uh, no, actually. Well, okay, there was twice by a girl, and once we were playing a drinking game, and that happened to be with the cards. Uh, it was either that or drink uh -huh. 15 drinks. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to you know, kill my liver. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've streaked a few times. And then we actually had a similar, not not streaking, but we uh, for our rivalry senior senior prank, uh, they had this uh, our opposing 
football rivalry was a bulldog, and we were going to actually uh, stab the bulldog with a reaper, you know, the like the farming tool, and jump in the getaway car. But was this you, Zach? Was this, <laughs> the, 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 I wasn't. Well, no, this was not. Well, you, me. Were, uh, was, you visited Tony, <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, let's go to a football game. I got this mask." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this was this was my buddies in high school, and. Um, oh. The guy that was supposed to drive the getaway car never showed, so I had this <laughs> farmer. That would suck. I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." I, I got for the panel, with the exception of Zach, is anybody streaked? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Not under the influence of crack, okay? Has anybody streaked? Jr. You ever streaked? Well, wait a minute. We already discussed this, didn't we? Not <laughs> since I was not, not since I was learning to walk. <laughs> Kevin, you ever go uh, Al Natural? God, no. <laughs> I, I did it at New York Comic Con, and then people videotape me and ask me about my sizes, and I posted a thing, <laughs> Tumblr article, and then the people on Crawl Space said that I had it coming. I've got the superior Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Chris, you ever, you ever uh, practice law in the news? <laughs> what do you, <laughs> what do you think? I am... I don't think you ba- pounded the gavel. No, I think you're good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Donovan, you ever going to El Natural? Not outside. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is real life, folks. This is real. Doing it, real I, never, I never understand how people on TV always get locked outside naked. Like, how does that happen to someone? Anyway, I just thought this was a very humorous little clip, and I, I'm glad that we now know that Zach's Get away, car like Daniel. I lost my breath. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. The reason why I did it is because I have that same complex, like, uh, Marty McFly from back to... It sounds, it sounds complex. I can barely hear you. How about now? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I have this complex. We're taking your clothes off now just to go streak right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm streaking on the... <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's an audio. Thank God it's an audio show. Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe I'm hearing this. But uh, all right. But yeah, I have this complex of I don't like being uh, called a chicken. So yeah, it's okay. It's a, it's a character. If someone were to jump off a bridge and kill Gwen Stacy, would you do it? Uh, you know, I might wear you know a, a green green suit and laugh maniacally. I don't know. And that's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Scarlet Spider number 13. Kane learns a little bit more about his history and how he came back to life. And the cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for just a buck eighty-five, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.